TII item 394, June 6, 2016, WWDC 2016 bingo card and wish list. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Visit bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to save 20% off your order and to get free shipping. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Greg for sending in the music here in the background. Greg wrote, Hi, Rob. You've been singing lately, yet you're short on music. Yes, I am. So I'd like to offer the attached MP3 to try and help you out. The title is Down to Drown by my son, Joey. He performs regularly in the Portland, Oregon area at various venues and works giving music lessons. Down to Drown was made with GarageBand, which he pretty much uses exclusively since he can be a one-man band and do all the instruments and sing harmony with himself by recording and mixing multiple tracks. Regards, Greg S., Hillsboro, Oregon. Well, thank you, Greg, for the music, and thanks to your son, Joey, for also allowing the music to be used. I'll put the full song at the end of the episode, folks. I also want to thank Matt for sending in the artwork for today's show. Matt wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Just got back from a family tour in Europe and took this photo of the Apple Store near the Louvre photo was taken on an iPhone 6S and edited with photos, Google Photo, and Instagram text was added with after photo. Regards, Matt S. Well, thanks, Matt, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Matt's artwork in the free tie app via the bonus button for episode 394 or at Instagram.com slash Today and iOS and a whole bunch of other places. If you have some artwork and or music that you've created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And as mentioned earlier, I am very short on music, so please send in your music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They? We have the following quote. Quote, Palm just did what Nokia, Microsoft, and RIM couldn't do. Deliver a better experience than Steve Jobs did. Unquote. Robert Scoble, Scobalizer, 8th of January, 2009. See, it was not just the Wall Street analysts that were totally missing the mark with the Palm Pre. It was also the Technorati that also were tripping all over themselves to tout the Pre. Problem is, no one actually checked with, you know, the consumers. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 393, you offered up chances to win promo codes for the app slash service Throttle. Interested in this app slash service? Want more info? Go back and listen to the beginning of episode 393. This week we have promo codes for the app, the King of Triads. Here is the written kind of review from the dev. Hello, my name is Sangsuk Ha, CEO of at Magic Cube. Magic Cube is the developer of the Infect Them All series and Barcode Night. I would like to introduce you to our latest game, the King of Triads for iOS. Well, thanks to Sangsuk for his review of their app, The King of Triads, and for sending in the promo codes for to their app to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, please send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put King in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. 
Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Per WWDC, Apple made it official when they sent out press invites stating that the WWDC keynote, as expected, will be held at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Monday, June 13th at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco. This is different than past years where the keynote was at the Moscone West location where the rest of WWDC is held. But again, this was expected and rumored and mentioned on the show well over a month ago. As also expected, my press invite was once more lost in the mail. Come on, Simon Pope, can't you get my address correct? You must be sending it to my old address still. Well, at least Microsoft knows where to send their invites to. Just saying. I know a few of you will be at WWDC, and for those of you going, remember 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Give me a call with any interesting things you hear or see at the event. For those not going... There will be a lot of content streamed via the WWDC app. If you check, you will see the WWDC app from last year has an update available, and it now has a schedule for 2016 in it. On Monday, it is the keynote from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. Then from 2 to 4 is Platforms State of the Union. And then from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time is the Apple Design Awards. All three of those events will be at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. The rest of WDC will be back at the Moscone West Center, sans the WWDC Vash. And Tuesday kicks off with What's New in Swift at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. And there are many, 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 many other sessions throughout the week. 308, according to the app which again, you can see each listed in the updated WWDC app now, regardless of if you are going or not. And of course, for those of you that are going, there is the Parties for WWDC app, which is free and a must-have for any founder hounder out there. Oops, someone's been watching too many episodes of Silicon Valley. I mean, it's an essential app for anyone going per the great networking opportunities these parties present. Yeah, that's what you tell your boss that is sending you to WWDC when they see you have downloaded that app. With just a week to go, there are lots and lots of rumors swirling around about WWDC and what will or will not be announced. Some earlier rumors were a new Apple Watch and a new MacBook Pro would be announced. Most recent rumors are no new hardware will be announced at all. It will all just be iOS, OS X, watchOS, and tvOS during the keynotes. With the four OSs to go over, I can see why the latest rumor is picking up steam. That said, I put all three of those rumors about the MacBook, the Apple Watch, and nothing announced on the rumor bingo card. Hey, it's not about what I think, it's about what's being reported. Per other items on the bingo card, iOS 10 and Watch OS 3 will be announced. Duh. Siri will finally come to Mac OS 10. Apple Pay and iMessages will come together to allow you to make direct payments to other individuals that have Apple Pay and iMessage. Yes, Apple's answer to Square. There will be at some point someone saying over 200 new features to iOS 10. Yeah, that rumor always comes up and I like to include it each year. I included my rumor slash thought that iOS 10 will just be for any iOS device that has a lightning port. No lightning port, no iOS 10 support. Many are rumoring about a Siri SDK for devs. Of course, there's a rumor about greatly improved Siri features. And if I was snarky, this would be where I would say, hey, how about just getting the current ones, like asking questions to work before adding more features? 
If I was snarky, I would say that. Siri being a hub for HomeKit is one of the recent rumors. I am still hoping for advanced uh, parental controls, something where you can set the time that they can use specific apps. There is the rumor that customization for Control Center will be available, but I think that is more a wish list than a rumor, as is the rumor about being able to delete stock apps. My personal wish list item is the ability to password protect folders or apps, and by password protect, that can also mean touch ID protect or passcode protect them. Something where you can hand over your phone to your kid or friend to play a game, and they can't get into the apps you don't want them in. Which brings us to security, security, security improvements. I think with Apple v. FBI, some new security features are surely on their way and likely to take up a good 10 to 15 minutes of Tim Cook or Scott Forrest or somebody's time up there. For iPads, it would be nice to see multi-user support finally for everybody. And this has been rumored, hoped for, for some time. Another rumor wishlist item is the ability to control which apps are default apps. So you can pick which browser opens when you are in the mail and there's a link, or for that matter, which email app is default as well. A rumor that did not happen last year and falls over to this year is the ability to select which individuals can get read receipts in iMessage and which individuals do not get it. And another one falling over from last year is an Apple Pay Rewards program. Sticking with rumors from last year, that did not happen. There is also the HomeKit app and devs getting access to private APIs. And that rounds up the rumor bingo card. I already posted the bingo card, and it is the post just prior to this episode 394, so between 393 and 394. Um, so you have it a week before WWDC. You can go to todayinios.com to see it, or, of course, you can look at it as a standalone post in the TII app. As always... In those posts, I will put in the items in plain text. So if you go to todayinios.com, if you are sight impaired, you can go there. And I have everything in plain text so that you can read what those items are with a screen reader. Hey, Rob. It's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. If you're looking for a long shot prediction for the bingo card, how about an Apple search engine with, of course, iOS and macOS integration? Hi, Kevin. Thank you for that. Should have had that one on the bingo card. Darn. Here's an email bag item. Hi, Rob. My wish for the new Watch OS is the podcast app. Why is it not there yet? Regards, Santiago L. Good question, Santiago. Hopefully, they'll add that with Watch OS 3. Maybe even make it native. Hey there, Rob. It's Woody calling from New Jersey. Long time, no talk. Still enjoying the show and wanted to call in with a couple wishes for iOS 10. Uh, one pet peeve I have, I love the fact that they uh, added the uh, slide-up tray in the bottom of um, iOS 9, but I hate the fact that you can't get to the settings app, which is a lot of what I use, probably the most often accessed thing on my phone. However, I think an easy solution would be to add a long button press to the Wi-Fi signal because I'm always going in to adjust my Wi-Fi network. So if I want to turn Wi-Fi on and off, a quick tap. If I want to get in and look at the networks, uh, I would do a long press. Then it would open up the Wi-Fi dialog. Similarly, the Bluetooth 
is the other one that I'm constantly going into access because I'm switching from my Anchor portable Bluetooth stereo to my Jawbone or Plantronics uh, headset to my car Bluetooth, and my daughter and I can't share the same access, so sometimes I need to go in and jump off of the car Bluetooth. And it would be awesome if I could have the same functionality where a short button press would turn Bluetooth on and off and a long button press would access a list. Anyway, love the show. Thanks for all you do. Take care. Hi, Rob. This is Jim Coons calling from Michigan. I love your podcast. I have a small suggestion for an addition to iOS 10.0. I love the feature that's the multitasking feature where I could be looking at an email and then click on a link and go right into Safari and then have that little message pop in the top left that says, back to Safari and lets me get, get back to it. And I'm sorry, back to email that lets me get back to, to ma- mail again. My suggestion is I'd like to have the same back to mail pop up again when I'm looking at Safari and landscape mode because I always have to keep tilting the phone to get to mail. It's better than not having that feature at all. But that's my small suggestion. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for sending in your suggestions. We are now over 3,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Robert Spivak on June 1st, who posted the following, quote, Small things wish list for WWDC. I would like to see future versions of iOS address annoyances in addition to the 10-pole new features. iMessage. Improve iMessage to work like email when used across multiple devices with continuity. When I read a message on one device, it should be marked as read on all the other devices. When I delete a message on one device, it should be deleted from all the other devices. Make iMessage work like IMAP email. I'm tired of reading, reviewing, deleting the same messages multiple times, yet I like using continuity to see my iMessage on my iPhone, iPhone, Pad, and Mac. iOS Mail. Allow folders to expand and collapse. I use lots of nested email folders, Gatherer versus Hunter, and it takes forever to scroll down through them to get to one far down on the list. I would like folders to have the rotating triangle widget like other apps do. I don't want to switch to third-party email apps. I just want more capability, unquote. To which there were a few replies. Daniel Reich replied, quote, I agree with the iMessage syncing across all the devices. Another feature I love is when I switch my phone to silent mode for the option of a timer or something to auto-remind me to switch back. Let us choose reminder, uh, let us choose remind us never four hours or six hours, etc. By the way, my wife would love that. She always mutes her phone on Sunday for church and then she always forgets to turn it back on. Uh, we can now lock notes. I'd love to lock photo albums of with touch ID. Uh, I'd also like tags. I can do tags and smart albums on my iMac, but they aren't on iOS, unquote. Francis Tapia replied, quote, plus Robert Spivak, or Spivak, I'm really sorry, Robert, if I got your name wrong there, one of those two times. It appears to work that way on my device. If I answer an iMessage on my phone, it clears it from my iMac. If I answer a message on my iMac, it is marked as read within iMessages app. What I find annoying is that the notifications don't always clear from the notification drop-down panel. They do tend to clear on the lock screen, though. 
running iOS 9.3.2 and OS 10.11.5. Not sure if that's why, unquote. And then Storm Gorelli replied, quote, I guess this is unlikely to happen in the age of Apple Music, but I'd love it if Apple would resume proper support for the old genius playlist functionality in the music apps on the iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV. I, I'm not an Apple Music subscriber, but I do subscribe to iTunes Match and have huge music library of my own. I really do miss the genius functionality which is not present at all in the Apple TV music app and now rarely works at all in the iPhone, iPad music app, unquote. And Daniel Reich replied, quote, with messages, that's what I mean. The notifications don't clear. If I delete a message from my bank on my iPhone, uh, the message is still there on my iMac and iPad. It might be marked red, but it wasn't deleted. Whatever is done on one device, I'd like the others to match up, unquote. Well, thank you all for your feedback there. And, well, in a week from now, we'll see what Apple pulls out of its sleeve. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new messages and comments in the TI Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy-free zone and a spammer-free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Also from the Google Plus community were these comments for the last episode, which I always pin to the top of the page. And this one comes from Bob Carrera, who said, quote, Rob, I listened to episode 392 and was shocked to hear you never need to repair your Apple Pencil. I bought an iPad Pro 9.7 about a week after release, along with the Apple Pencil. From the first day, I had to repair the Pencil at least once a day. I returned the Pencil, got another, same problem, so I returned the iPad Pro as well. It is now two months later, and I find that the most I've been able to go between pairings is three days. I just gave up and figured it's a quote-unquote feature. Ah, I should qualify and explain that I guess I'm not technically repairing, but rather I need to swipe up from the control panel to turn Bluetooth off and then back on to get the Apple Pencil to connect. But a few times I have had to connect the Pencil to the Lightning port to fully repair the accessory as well. I'm now off to read the link to see if there's something new in there that might fix this for me, unquote. And Bob, nope, never had needed to repair, not not for me. For me, again, the Apple Pencil has been rock solid. Now, I do charge the Apple Pencil about once a week, once every 10 days or so, um, by plugging it into the Lightning port. And I do understand that is one way to repair it, but I've never had to repair it. I've only needed to charge the Pencil. So whatever it is, either I'm lucky or it just works better with a 12.9-inch iPad. In either case, for me, the Apple Pencil and... The Bluetooth connection to my iPad has been rock solid. Here's an email on the Apple Pencil repairing issue. Hi, Rob. I've been using the Apple Pencil almost every workday for six weeks to take handwritten notes on my iPad via the Pentulmit app. It's a P-E-N-U-L-T-I-M-A-T. Penultimate app. It works great. I have had to repair the Apple Pencil a couple of times during this period has not happened enough for me to figure out the precipitating event and certainly not enough to be a hassle. There are two key issues that are of concern. First is the charging level. It has not been obvious to me yet 
how to know the charging level of the pencil while in use. Also, the pencil charging adapter for the lightning charging cable is so small that I'm afraid of losing it. Would have been nice if Apple had included a small case to attach it to the charging cable. Even though it is chargeable via the lightning port on the iPad, perhaps the Apple Pencil will be wirelessly chargeable in the future. That would be convenient. Regards, William B. Honolulu, Hawaii. Well, thank you, Will. I want to thank Bull and Branch for sponsoring this episode. I have talked about how great their sheets and bath towels are, and now I get to introduce to you their new line of beach towels. These are oversized towels that are 70 inches by 40 inches and come in six different unique patterns and will start shipping in mid-June. As with all Bowlin Branch products, they are made from 100% organic cotton. Go to BowlinBranch.com today for 20% off your entire order and use promo code TII. Again, that's BowlinBranch.com, promo code TII. All products are only sold online at BowlinBranch.com. You can't buy them in any stores. That's how they keep the pricing low and free of markups. But here is the best part. Don't take my word for it. Try them out for yourself for 30 days, risk-free. Bowl & Branch is so sure you're going to fall in love with their products that they give you 30 nights to try them out. If you don't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. Per the beach towels, quote, One side is made of velour for the ultimate in softness, while the other is looped for maximum absorbency and durability, unquote. Go online to bowl, that's B-O-L-L, and branch.com. Use promo code TII for 20% off your entire order of sheets, towels, blankets, duvet covers, everything they have, plus free shipping. And all their products come beautifully packaged in their signature boxes. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for 20% off your entire order. Again, use promo code TII. Thanks, Bowl and Branch. Late last week, Apple rolled out iOS 9.3.2 again for the 9.7-inch iPad Pros. So if you were one that held off updating originally, good for you. As always, back up your device fully before updating and make sure you force quit out all of your open apps. And I still recommend doing a reset network setting after force quitting the open apps and right before updating. Remember, when you do that, uh, go and log back into your Wi-Fi first, then do the upgrade. PC Mag had an article on this saying Apple released some more support articles on the issues with updating for the iPad Pro 9.7 inches and warned that if you are trying to do it wirelessly, you may see a message about turning off your device, waiting 10 seconds, and then connecting it to a charger or a Mac and then proceeding with the update. If you are doing the update via iTunes and get an unknown error 9 message, they say it is safe to click through and continue with the update and to stay connected to your computer until the update is finished. Of course, it goes without saying, you should make sure iTunes is updated to the latest version. Okay, well, actually, I said it. And really, I think it is something that should go with saying, because not everyone knows that or remembers to do that first. So make sure you update iTunes to the latest version first. Of course, hearing all this, you might just throw your hands up in the air and say, I give up on iOS 9.3.2 for my iPad Pro 9.7 inch version. And really at this point, who could blame you? I will just say this, proceed at your own risk or better yet, wait another week to see what other issues pop up with iOS 9.7 or 9.3.2 for the 9.7 inch iPad Pro. Just saying, or at least trying to just saying. It was another busy period for iPhone 7 rumors. Once again, more of those rumors are coming in that the base storage levels will double across the board. 
232, still not enough gigabytes. 128, just right for most gigabytes. And 256, I have a new baby gigabyte versions. The iPhone 7 series will look mostly like the iPhone 6 series, just with a moved antenna lines. And if that's true, it almost certainly means not inductive charging. That would likely come with the iPhone 8, which is expected in the, the fall of 2017, and is rumored to be curved glass front and back. Goodbye, bumpies. But being glass on the back will make it easier for inductive charging. In theory, Apple could do inductive charging with the current design by having the Apple logo be the location where the cutout allows for the inductive charging, but that would be surprising at best if Apple did that. The iPhone 8 is also rumored to sport an OLED display. We are also starting to see lightning to 3.5 millimeter headphone jack adapters popping up on Chinese sites. It is possible they are just covering their bases in case Apple removes the headphone jack on the iPhone 7. Right, that's a possibility. But a probability is they have some inside info and are rolling out these out now knowing they will be needed. Another rumor per the 7 Plus is that it will support 3 gigs of RAM versus the 2 gigs of RAM for the 7, which is the same as what the 6S and 6S Plus now have. Rumors keep coming in that the 7 Plus will have a dual cameras, while the 7 will have a single camera sensor on the backside. There will still be a camera bump on the backside for both devices. Personally, for the 7 Plus, I would take a thicker device with a bigger battery and no bump, just saying, Give me a device that is slightly thicker, lasts 24 hours for serious use, and dual camera. Oh yeah, I upgrade in the, to that in a heartbeat. The camera hole for the iPhone 7 appears to be larger, leading to rumors of a better camera or a larger camera opening. Um, but saying that the next-gen iPhone will have a better camera, kind of like saying that it's going to be a next-gen iPhone. They always have a better camera, don't they? Rumors, of course, are swirling about the iPhone 7 being waterproof, which really means much more water-resistant. Those rumors come from the many tests done on the iPhone SE, which seems to be much more water-resistant than any previous iPhone, and more so than even the galaxies out there that are being doused in champagne in commercials. Because yes, walking through a liquor store pouring champagne on your smartphone and then the floor, that's as real-world as it gets. Not only is it dumb and a waste of champagne, it is just really inconsiderate of the folks in the liquor store that have to go mop your mess up. Of course, removing the headphone jack in the iPhone 7 would also help to make it even more waterproof or water-resistant than the aforementioned iPhone SE. But with the rumors spinning up about the iPhone 8 for 2017 being the radical new design, what is that going to mean to those of us with the 6 Plus being two years old in September? Do we upgrade or not? Those new camera specs are really going to be a strong driving force behind my decision, as will the internal CPU specs, which so far, when it comes to the rumor mill, there's not much of anything substantial out there. Just that it'll be faster, you think? Microsoft continues to face the realities of their failing Windows Phone platform. They cut another 1,850 jobs, most from Finland, about 1,350 of them, and those are all tied to the Lumia product line. Microsoft is also taking a $950 million impairment and restructuring charge. Hint, if you don't know what that is, it's not a good thing. Microsoft is still planning to introduce new Lumia phones. 
It is just that they are tightening the ship and focusing on fewer models and key market niches. Or as Microsoft CEO Nadell said last year, Microsoft would, quote, sharpen its sights on fans, business customers, and value-sensitive users. To put things in perspective, globally, Windows Phone is now less than a 1% market share. Sounds like they need a lot more fans. Just saying. Hi, Rob. This is Jeff in Arkansas. I wanted to call in with an app review for a video rental app that me and my family use on a frequent basis and, and really enjoy. And the app is called VidAngel. It's V-I-D Angel. And uh, you can use the app on your iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, which is primarily how we use it. Um, but there's a couple reasons why I really like it. One is the, first of all, the price is uh, quite good. Um, it's better than any other that I know of. It's a dollar for standard definition movies and $2 for HD movies. And uh, secondly, and really the thing that kind of sets it apart from other maybe similar movie apps, is the fact that it, it will edit your movies or uh, filter out uh, potentially objectionable content. So, you know, whether that's for yourself or if you've got kids that you're concerned about stuff that they're watching, so maybe they want to watch their you know, favorite superhero movie, but you don't want to hear uh, a couple of F-bombs that are there, that kind of thing. Uh, so it's really a, a great concept. Um, and the, the movie streaming itself works works well. And for the most part, the uh, editing works quite well as well, uh, you know, also. Um, occasionally, we've, we've watched movies where it may have, you know, slightly missed something, but, you know, for the most part, it's, it's really been uh, a very good viewing experience. Um, so, and as far as the, the filtering goes, before you watch a movie, you can go through and, and at a very granular level, um, basically enable or disable things that you want to see and hear. So you have complete control um, down to, you know, specific scenes. It'll describe what the scene is or, you know, um, what, what type of word it is and gives you the control whether you want to edit it out or, or not. And um, so just purely based on what you're comfortable with and, and what you want to what you want to watch so we really enjoy it um, the way that it works is uh, so it, you know you do rent the movies but uh, it's a little bit different than that it's kind of like you initially put in a deposit so technically what you're doing is you're buying the movie for for 20 bucks which is you know that's expensive but you're basically paying for paying twenty dollars um, you watch the movie and then 24 hours later if you sell it back which and you can enable it just to be an auto sell back which is what I do so I don't even think about it or worry about it but um, basically you'd, you'd pay 20 bucks you sell it back for 19 therefore your actual you know out of pocket was a dollar um, so you just end up having that kind of deposit in your account that it lets you then rent the movies if you wanted to keep them you know pay that amount and, and keep them permanently you can do that as well but we just use it uh, for the rental rental component but anyway as I said um, me and my family have used it extensively um, it's really the primary way that we watch our movies at home uh, aside from things that may be just already available on on say Netflix but uh, the library, their music movie library is um, pretty extensive. I mean, it's still a relatively new service, but they're adding titles all the time. Um, you know, anything that's a relatively popular new release is going to be available right away. 
um, as well as you can find a lot of you know older popular titles, uh, things that you may haven't seen for a long time, and um, you know titles that aren't aren't on Netflix or, or services like that. You can get you can find uh, sometimes on Vin Angel and pay a buck to rent versus you know maybe paying on uh, Amazon or iTunes five or six dollars. So um, anyway, just highly recommend it, and uh, not sure how how many people you know know about it at this point so i thought i'd I'd share um so hopefully it helps somebody out thanks for the show and have a great day jeff let me say this thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you my son has been bugging me bugging me to see the matrix and i was hesitant because i like i know there's f-bombs i know there's certain language in there i got it he's not ready for he's 10 years old but he really wants to see it but the overall story is great matrix is in there He's going to get to see the Matrix this week. He's going to be so happy. I am so happy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And folks, that's VidAngel. And I'll be talking more about this in future episodes. I'm sure that, you, Jeff, you just made my son and my wife so happy because now I can filter out all those nasty words, but still let him see all the great sci-fis that he's been missing. Into the email bag we go. Rob, got to say, with the last watch update, my dream of forced touch to reply to an email came true. Happy camper here. Regards, Chris S. Hi, Rob. Thoroughly enjoyed both interviews with the Borg, the Dominion, and the Federation. Quite enlightening. Keep it up. Regards, Steve R. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for your feedback. This week's Kickstarter project is a product that looks a lot like the bumpies I so enjoy for my iPhone, which, by the way, you can get at utomic.com, U-T-O-M-I-C.com. That's the uh, site now. But this Kickstarter project goes by the title, quote, Unique screen protection, all iPhone 6 and 6 Plus models, unquote. But their name is FlexPads, except you can't actually find them by their name. So you have to search for unique screen protection. Three words. Nice. This project has a goal of $10,000 and has raised 217 to date. Ouch. It has until Sunday, July 10th at 2.11 p.m. Central Time to get the other $9,783. The good news is, for $10, you can get in on the early bird special, which there are plenty of left. That will get you one pack of one color. These, of course, wrap around the corners of your iPhones and offer protection when dropped. However, I do see an issue with their design. Now, as I look at it more, they fold over just the top and don't seem to really protect the sides as well as they are they're much, much more narrow than the bumpies. So I'm actually going to recommend against these. Not that they're going to get funded anyway, but because of the design, I don't feel it gives the same protection of the bumpies do or other similar designs out there do. They just made the corner cover much too narrow. Sorry, guys. Best to pull your Kickstarter project and redesign and relaunch. That's my advice. Johnny Evans had a post titled, quote, Cut the BS. Devs are not losing interest in the Apple Watch, unquote. The nexus of the article comes from a BS report from Realm, or Realm, R-E-L-M, Realm, suggesting devs are losing interest in Apple Watch based on data that does not actually suggest that. Essentially, there is some data that shows for every 1,000 new iOS apps being built, there are 10 TVSO apps, TVOS apps and maybe one Watch OS app. Actually, kind of surprised TVOS apps are that high. 
So the Realm company took the difference in the numbers to mean devs are losing interest. But, well, of course, people are, or there's less of them developing for the Apple Watch, there's less Apple Watches. iOS apps are still the bread and butter. But many are waiting for watchOS 3 to see what new features are available. Or as Johnny said, not so nicely, any reporting that the devs are losing interest in the Apple Watch is pure and utter bull expletive. Yeah, I could use the video angel there to filter me out. Um, Apple Watch, regardless of what the naysayers want to say, is successful. It captured 63% of the market share in the all-important holiday fourth quarter of 2015. It has already pulled in $2 billion in revenue in the first year. And from surveys conducted by Needham and Company, 62% of current Apple Watch users plan to upgrade to a future Apple Watch. That's okay. Because haters got to hate, and Apple has plenty of those out there. Hey, Rob, it's Chris Brody from Columbia, Missouri. I called you last, in April, end of April, when I was at Xamarin Evolve. May not have gotten the message. I just wanted to give you my, uh, what went on there and uh, my uh, opinion on uh, the conference. It was amazing. Uh, I loved how we had the uh, one-on-one sessions with Xamarin engineers, and they helped us with some of the code issues that we had. They were all very friendly. It was just an absolute amazing time. A couple of the key things that I really like that Xamarin has done is now in the alpha channel, meaning that it's the latest features with the most bugs. They announced Xamarin Forms Preview, which basically allows you to code in Xamarin Forms and see what you're coding instead of before you have to run it on the device, see what it looked like, and then run it again. The other thing I really like is now that Microsoft owns them, Xamarin is now free with people that have Visual Studio and they still have their Mac client Xamarin Studio. It is becoming more popular and I highly suggest anyone that's wanting to get into universal mobile application development to look into Xamarin Forms. Uh, Personally, the team that I run with the state of Missouri, we're the mobile app division and they sent us down there and we have one app already on Google Play and getting ready to put one on iOS for insurance and another one for SEMA, which is disaster recovery and contacts. Uh, that'll be coming out soon for iOS and Android, and those have been both using Xamarin Forms. Thanks again for the podcast and hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks and have a great day. Bye-bye. Chris, thanks for the feedback and not sure what happened to your last voicemail message, but uh, thanks for sending in this one. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Purchased an Apple Watch online as we had to at the beginning on May 12, 2015. As you had mentioned, my visibility was billed on May 28th, so I knew it was on its way. UPS shipped it to the door and had a delivery date of June 3rd, 2015. Love the Apple Watch. Fast forward to June 2016, June 2nd to be exact. Removed my Apple Watch from its nightstand. Loved that feature as an alarm clock and the ceramic heart rate monitor back end fell out only being held on by a cord not wanting to lose my activity streak i pressed it back in and continued my day and ended up at the apple store that later that night big surprise to me that the warranty starts on the shipping billing day not the day you actually receive the product yep the warranty was out by two days cost a flat fee of 400 dollars something plus taxes Apple Care would have saved me uh, would have saved me hundred dollars. Um, knowing I could uh, prove the delivery date, I told them to go ahead. It's not fixed in store, so I'll be getting a brand new one. I was told. 
called 1-800-APPLE number, explained, and they waived the fee for this one time only. So problem solved. Next time I'll be driving 30 minutes so I know my dates for warranty for sure. As a note, I believe the heart rate or the heat from the charging overnight must have warmed the glue that holds the ceramic heart rate monitor in place. Over time, it must have become weak or dried out. No screws were evident to hold it in place. Regards, Timothy. Yikes. Timothy, thanks for the heads up on that. And I know what you mean about warm. Every morning when I go to put it on, I was every morning, but most mornings when I go to put my Apple Watch on after charging at night, I notice it is warm. And it should have been well charged a long time before. So it's not like it was just charging. You know, it would have been charged hours and hours and hours ago. So, yeah, I hope mine doesn't fall out anytime soon. But for me, I'm past the warranty. I hope this was an isolated case with just you, and this is not the beginning of Gluegate. The one app I currently miss the most on my fourth-gen Apple TVs. Yes, plural. I just got one for my den as well. The kids were hogging the one in our bedroom. Well, the one app I really miss is Amazon Prime. I mean, I manage fine, sort of. I just run it on my iPhone 6 Plus and airplay it to the Apple TV of my choice now. But I would rather not have to do the extra step. I would rather be able to use Siri to search for a show and have what is available in Amazon Prime be listed as well. That is where it is a pain. I first search with Siri and hopefully the movie or TV show I'm looking for shows up in Netflix or HBO Now or AMC or some other of the apps I use that Siri searches through. And if not, then I go on my iPhone and I search via Amazon Prime. And then if I strike out, depending on the level of desire, I go back and pay for it via iTunes for that show or movie. But I would again like to see Amazon Prime as an app on the Apple TV. But sadly, some recent comments from Jeff Bezos don't make that seem like it's going to be a short-term possibility or probability. He said, Amazon only wants to sell devices that support Prime Video. And while, quote, you can always get the video player on the device, you can't always get them to them on acceptable business terms, unquote. When pressed if those terms involved Apple's famous 30% cut, Bezos would only say, quote, private business discussions should stay private, unquote. Well, good for you for not calling things out in public. So, for the foreseeable future, at least, it looks like search flow is ask Siri to see if a show or movie is available. If it is only on iTunes, then go to the iPhone and search Amazon Prime app. And if not there, then go back to iTunes and purchase or search for something else and repeat. Of course, now I'll also be checking VidAngel if it's something for my kids. Proof that I am not the only snarky one in the smartphone space. I love this next story. Sprint stole the Can You Hear Me Now guy and just started running their own commercials with the same actor. According to Paul Marciello, and that's the actor that played the test man from 2002 to 2011 for Verizon, quote, I used to ask if you can hear me now with Verizon. Not anymore. I'm with Sprint now because guess what? It's 2016 and every network is great. In fact, Sprint's reliability is now within 1% of Verizon and Sprint saves you over 50% over Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile rates. Can you hear that? Unquote. And that is not their real snarkiness here. It actually comes from Verizon that replied, quote, Sprint is using our 2002 Pitchman because their network is finally catching up to our 2002 network quality. Unquote. 
Oh, snap. You did not. Hi, Rob. This is Jeff in Arkansas. I've got a question I'm hoping somebody can help me with. I've got a Sony stereo in my car that has a USB input. And when I plug in my iPhone, it will automatically start playing audio through my car speakers. And, you know, what can happen is, let's say I'm, you know, on my way to work and I'm listening to the podcast app or Audible or, or some other uh, audio type app. Then uh, later in the day, if I jump back in the car and if that application is still open in the background, then it'll continue playing where it left off automatically, which is really kind of a nice feature. But on the flip side of that is if I haven't previously been you know, listening to a specific app that's still open in the background, then what it'll do is it'll automatically launch the music player app and begin by playing the same song uh, every time. I'm not exactly sure what dictates the, the order of that or how it picks it, but must have something to do with you know how those songs were, were loaded or playlists or something. But anyway, it gets really tiresome, and um, I'm just trying to figure out a way that I can adjust that. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost to the point where it's comical, where I jump in the car and I plug it in, and it's a race to get to the pause button so I can just you know put that song out of its misery um, while I'm... Uh, searching for the the actual you know app that I want to choose. So I like the fact that it'll autoplay apps that are in the background that I that I'd been listening to, but really wish it wouldn't just automatically open up the music player app and and at least at a minimum if it was going to do that, you know, have it be random or something because it just <laughs> it gets crazy listening to the same song over and over again. So anyway, I did a little bit of searching online. I saw other people complaining about the same problem, but uh, I didn't really encounter any viable solutions. So I'm hoping maybe one of the listeners has some ideas or some experience of a way to uh, solve for this. So anyway, hope to hear something. Thanks. Bye. Jeff, sorry to hear of your issue. Now for all those earlier in the episode that already have gone and downloaded VidAngel, Jeff's the one that gave you that hint. Please help him out. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. If you have a solution for Jeff, please, please, please help him out. He helped you out with VidAngel. I know there's quite a few of you that have probably already downloaded that app. You stopped and paused the show to go and download that app so you can play some nice, clean videos for your kids. Now, go and help Jeff. Give us a call. Shoot us an email into the email bag and this is a question that comes up from time to time and I haven't answered this one in a while so uh, here we go. Hi Rob, was wondering if it was time again to explain who all those people are that we hear in the introduction to each episode. I know some of, one of them is Steve Ballmer but could you tell us who the others are? Thanks and keep up the good work. Regards, Ron in Toronto. Well hi Ron, yes. Steve Ballmer is saying I like it a lot which is pulled from episode zero of what was then today an iPhone, which if you have never listened to episode zero, it is worth a listen. It is still on the RSS feed and it was me editing Steve Ballmer to make it sound like he really likes the iPhone. Steve Ballmer is followed by Steve Jobs saying today an iPhone, which I debate internally on changing at some point to Tim Cook or Johnny Ive saying today an iOS. Just can't bring myself to making that change yet. There is of course the Hey Kool-Aid clip and I have no idea who that is but it's my way of saying this is a fanboy podcast and yes clearly I have drunk the apple kool-aid so stop leaving reviews in iTunes saying that I'm beating up google people that's part of the show get over it and then finally it is Sir Patrick Stewart aka Captain Picard or maybe Professor X or Gurney Halleck 
plus five points to your geek cred if that's how you first think of him. Yes, that is Sir Patrick Stewart saying, my beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand. And I can't think of a better quote to go in the beginning of this show. So there you go. Thanks for the question. What's going to be announced at WWDC? What's not going to happen at WWDC? What's going to be announced at WWDC? Hello, big ideas. Hello, anything. Hello, everything. That's all I'm allowed to say right now. What's going to be announced at WWDC? You can't hurry news. No, you'll just have to wait. What's going to be announced at WWDC? If I told you, they'd probably make me sit through product security training again. What's going to be announced at WWDC? There will be some cool stuff, and then some more cool stuff, and then some more really cool stuff. Hope that helped. What's going to be announced at WWDC? Well, they're going to announce the new Super Awesome. Oops, you almost got me there. Tell me some secrets about WWDC. If I told you, it wouldn't be a secret, now would it? Oh, come on, tell me some secrets about WWDC. Secrets don't make friends, Robert. Tell me some secrets about WWDC. I would never keep a secret from you. What can you tell me about WWDC? I'm so excited. You can find out all about WWDC on Apple's website. Of course, I would like for all of you to tell me your thoughts on WWDC when it is announced and whatever is announced. Next Monday, give us a call, 206-666-6364, or shoot us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on what is or was not announced at WWDC. Were you happy? Were you sad? Were you confused? Were you curious? Let me know what your thoughts are of 2016's WWDC keynote next week, and I will try to get as many of those into next week's episode, which should be out Monday night on the 13th. Thanks again to Bowl and Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bowlandbranch.com with Bowl spelled B-O-L-L, and use promo code TII to save 20% off the nicest sheets and cotton products you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a review, or product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature that you have created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play, play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And that's the best place, by the way, if you want to leave feedback as WWDC is going on, leave the feedback inside episode 394's post. That'll be pinned to the top next week during the announcement. Finally, check out the newly updated TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And folks, that is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII. 